Hello and welcome to another episode of the PFRS podcast. I'm your host, Eric Dahl, and this is the Raw Cut. Raw Cut. Raw, Raw cut. cut. That's what it's all Here about. Matthew Ware. Hey, hey. And Joe Beck. Hello. We're going to be talking about weightlifting competitions, planning, and execution. We're going to be talking to Joe about his team and his philosophy of training and programming and just having a good time. Just got done training ourselves, and we'll probably talk about that a little bit. So listen up. All right, Joe, how you been? We talked about a week ago. Everything's still going good, smooth? Yeah, super. Pretty, pretty good. All right, man. You had a great showing last weekend. Nice work. Oh, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. you had athletes, I mean, what, PR and across the board? Make medals across the board? Uh, yeah, for the most part. For the most part? All for right. the most part. How many athletes did you have? Uh, I took a total of five lifters there from Heroic Barbell, um, I act as meat coach for just a couple of them, or for two of them, and three that I'm, like, their head coach for. Nice. Very good. So, uh, what's your what's your taper look like for that? Do you have a, is it, like, two weeks, four weeks, or do you even have one? Um, I, uh, I don't know, I think some people, when they say four-week taper, they, they're thinking, like, the peaking month. Uh, you, you, I don't think anybody drops volume. Well, drops everything for four weeks. So when I think of taper, I think of the last week, and it's it's pretty standard. Uh, openers on Monday, last warm up on Tuesday, second last warm up on Wednesday, depending on when they compete. Mm -hmm. uh, it, just completely dropping everything off, but still keeping them moving uh, and fresh. Yeah, uh, maybe. I'll, I'll experiment with different things. Uh, clean and jerk, or back squat at like 105% of your clean and jerk on Monday for triples, uh, snatch pulls or clean pulls on Tuesday at opener, trying to move it nice and high. Mm -hmm. uh, the opposite pull the next day, and then basically nothing. Like most comp, most people compete on Saturday, so. Friday's light powers, and then something I got from my old coach um, is three front squat singles at clean and jerk opener. Oh, so last, I like on, that. Friday, on yeah. Friday night. So it's like one last time of feeling something sort of heavy. And yeah. like you should, they, it should be flying off their shoulder when they oh, yeah. finish it. And boom, just done. So it's not enough to tax you, but it is enough for them to still feel A little confidence something. builder. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's nice. cool. So how how they perform? Were they uh, <clears throat> PRs or? Uh, yeah, everyone everyone came and showed up and did really great. Uh, Kit is uh, my forty five year old seventy six. She beat her own national <laughs> records and won gold handily. Um, Kim Douglas is a forty year old super heavyweight. She was national champion last year. She had a, a very tough competitor age up into her age group who had Kim beaten snatch 
pretty handily from, um, you know, openers on. We'd watched their, uh, Sarah Taylor. Is it Taylor? Maybe it's Tyler. Sarah Taylor. No, I'm butchering <laughs> her name. She's right. extra, extra mad. Uh, from SoCal Weightlifting, um, she had posted video of her snatch in 86, and Kim's best at the time is 76, as so she's hit a couple times in this mm-hmm. training cycle. So it's, you're going into clean and jerks with a 10-kilo thing. We didn't have high expectations of her edging Sarah out for a total, but we knew we had a shot to – set the Ameri- uh, American record in the clean and jerk for the Masters at that weight class. Yeah. So it was it was a exciting battle back and forth as um, Kim opened at 100 and annihilated it. Sarah went 101 and did, I think, smoked it pretty well. I think that put Kim out first at 105, which was a PR for her. And then... Um, Sarah went at 105.2, which I thought was an interesting choice, leaving Kim take the first attempt at 107, which she made for a new American record, and then Sarah took 108 and just came up short. can't remember Damn. if she missed the clean or missed the jerk. Yeah. Um, and then my last guy that I programmed for, um, Martin, who's a super heavyweight. Mm-hmm came off the bottom of the start list with the lowest entry total and ended up making bronze. Yeah. Put yeah. All, I think he put all six over his head. Yeah, he was uh, in my session, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. He all did right. he did a 110, 115 and 120 for a lifetime PR that got called 2 to 1, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh and then I think we did 30 40 45 in clean and jerks with the last one getting called back as well. But that dude had a, I was really actually super proud of him because he's tried to cut ridiculous amounts of weight that I never told him to do. But like (laughs) (laughs) some uh, spiritual journey that he was on where he fasted for a ridiculous amount of time. Too long. Weeks, weeks, (laughs) and he's like, Showed no, up at, no, showed no, up no. at nationals a, a year ago as a, I think a 102, and uh, we had to open it at like I don't know 100, and it wasn't very, it was you know wasn't he's a all of my team are game day lifters. I don't know how I got so lucky, but I don't have anybody that's like falls apart on on competition day the way mm-hmm. I owe. The way <laughs> I <owe. laughs> they're all they're all show up better on game day. So Martin always did that, but like. I pick openers based on how they how they've performed throughout the training cycle and what yeah. you're what I'm confident you're gonna hit 100. percent So a year ago that dude had to open at 100. I think we opened at 100 at Pan Ams and Nationals last year. Nice. And this time he came in as a super as a true super at a, I don't know, 130 kilos or so. There and, we go. And and. Uh, Opened at 110, and he absolutely annihilated. I think he made 110 every time I see him, saw him take it through the training cycle. So nice. What uh, we were talking about cutting there. What's your take on that? Like, I if you got to see, you got someone in the middle. What, what are you going to do? I, dude, Just I, no, no, no cutting in weightlifting. Thank you. Unless you're Thank like, you. unless 
as a master, I mean, if it's if you're really close, you're two to three kilos away, and yeah. you're going to win a national championship in that lower weight class. Let's cool. cut, let's cut yeah. some let's weight. Maybe, right? Let me see it. That's just a couple really good trips to the bathroom. If you're <laughs> if you're if you're a senior and you're like, I have one senior who walks at seventy and is going to make seniors as a sixty-seven. The sixty-seven. I think these numbers are two thirty-six to as the qualifying total for senior nationals as a sixty-seven, and it's two fifty-three or something as a right. seventy-three. Right. Yeah. Okay. Like. If you do it smart, if you diet, if you take your time and do and get like nutrition on your, you know, use an app, count macros, do it smart, not trying to like cut like a power lifter or a fighter and trying to suck out weight right. over yeah. the co- yeah. over the course of a week. Even a even a even a water cut, I think, is kind of silly for most lifters unless it's like that, and then I, I suppose like international teams. Yeah, like if you're if you got a junior or a senior that can make a team at a at a weight class down mm-hmm. like but you know you better know what you're doing at that point yeah, yeah. Take, take your time get outside of who that knows what they're doing outside of that masters grown-up seniors local meets no cutting no it's pointless yeah i'm always surprised when i go to these meets and every time i go i talk to somebody that's like i haven't lifted or i haven't eaten in a week or you know i'm i'm i've done every laxative <laughs> name on the market and it's like well why are you doing all that just get, go up a weight class yeah you know like yeah. you're gonna lift stronger anyways yeah absolutely i was talking to cornell the other day because he dropped down but he, he went to his, 105 didn't he yeah he dropped down from 110 to 105 yeah and it was because he woke up in the morning and his wife told him he was snoring. <laughs> he, had, he, had pu- he had pushed his weight so far that he started snoring, so he had to back it off a little bit. And he'll walk around at that for a little bit, then he'll jump back up. But all he did was stop eating a waffle in the morning. Yeah. But the waffle's like this giant, like, 1,000-calorie waffle <laughs> thing that he stops and gets. So yep. he's also saving $10 a day. There you go. But, <clears throat> no, cutting's always just an interesting thing for – for a strength sport. I mean, at wrestling, it makes sense, kind of. It's still super dangerous. I watch kids that, you know, they're almost, you know, their eyes are all sucked back in their face and stuff like that. It's just unhealthy. I don't think in any situation you should do it. I think, I, you know, I've done it both ways, and the when cutting from 100 to 96, I hurt myself. Mm. And then I was like, you know what, I talked to my coach at the time, and I was like, I – I'm, I want to go to a 102. I don't want to deal with this cutting anymore, and my lifting has only gone through the roof since then. Yeah, so. yeah. I would say I've, a few of us come from, a lot of weightlifters come from the wrestling background, <clears throat> uh, and we get it. We did it in high school, so we were kids back then. You can be more resilient, and you bounce mm-hmm. around, and it just comes into this, like, oh, it's a weight class sport. I'll do, I'll cut. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, it's dumb, and it's probably dumb in uh, wrestling, it may be less dumb because you get a, you know, weigh in in the morning and get an allowance or <clears throat> in combat sports in general, a 24 hour uh, weigh in is a big difference. Yeah. Yeah. But in, Huge in weightlifting. No. When you're weighing in an I hour, never, hour and a <laughs> half before you lift. I've never, <laughs> I've never seen anybody be super successful with it. <laughs> no. No. It's interesting. So, uh, let's see, last week or a couple of days ago, Matt and I talked about his experience at at nationals and how the meet was ran and um, in comparison to uh, AO that he went to a couple years ago. Um, now, you've been to these meets. You've been to 
Worlds, you've been to Nationals, you've been to Pan Ams, right? Mm-hmm. How yeah, how was yeah. how was Masters Nationals this year? <laughs> was it ran well? Was it did anything oh, yeah. stick out in, in your eyes? Negative, positive? No, Debbie does a great job uh, with running meets. Uh, her national meets are always super fantastically done. Uh, I I think you know anything that USA Weightlifting's put on in the last, you know five years, six years or so since uh, Phil took over and Pedro's been running events has been super. I don't know. I Like, national meets, I'm fond of saying that there's no place else I'd rather be than the back room of a national meet. There's just something about the energy back there. Yeah, I second that. Uh, yeah. It's just, like, the camaraderie in the back room and seeing all the other coaches and just a great job. Yeah. So what's the, for you, is there a big difference in attitude and feel between a senior nationals and a master's nationals? Thank you. Yes, in the sense that at master's nationals, people are more friendly. Yeah. In general, to each other, the coaches are friendlier. Uh, but the the excitement for winning, winning national championships is pretty similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it should be about the athlete anyway. So it's like when Kit wins a national championship, she's not any less excited than when Sester won a national championship. Like yeah. They're yeah. both as excited. Yeah. yeah. No, that's um, So, like, from a coach's perspective, it's just as exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, it should be. Yeah. Um, but, you know, like I said, at Masters Nationals, people do take it less seriously, or there's more people taking it less seriously, so it's a little bit more congenial and friendly. You're a lot more likely to get an answer from another coach on, like, what's your lifter going to do with their next attempt. Mm-hmm. Except if they're <laughs> except if they're gaming for a national championship, and it doesn't yeah. matter if they're 65 or 55 or 35. Right. Coaches gonna... still want to win national championships. Yeah, yeah. Lifters still want to win national championships, so there's still that kind of cagey. So it still has that same edge of excitement. Mm-hmm. That That's why they're more exciting than local meets, because – even an AO two, if you're winning, if you're gaming for a medal in them, if you're gaming yeah. for a, a master's medal in them, there's it's still fun. Yeah. Um, how do you approach counting cards, and and is there do you take the same strategic approach? Like, do you try to outwit somebody that if you're up in that, if you're buying for a championship, are you going to be kind of <clears> like <throat> one kilo in them? A little oh, bit. To absolutely. Try to... absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any stories related to that? Uh, I mean, off the top of my head, no. Uh, general theory for me in counting attempts is always have your lifter ready sooner than later. Be a little bit ahead of the game. Uh when I look at a board, I generally just tr- just count attempts. I don't try to be like, okay, well, it's this many attempts and maybe two misses. I mean, it's in my head as that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. <clears throat> I just try to go off of attempts. And, I mean, attempt counting is making a notional guess that someone at 63 is in a female session is not going to get to your girl at 72. Mm-hmm. So she's right. one, two, three. I yeah. mean, it's the whole thing of that. I did find that it, it dawned on me that counting women's clean and jerk attempts at these masters meets is probably as hard as it gets in a in counting a board because the the likelihood of them going two kilo jumps 
in the clean and jerk to three or four kilo jumps or maybe a five. Who knows? Uh, it was like every board I looked at, I'm like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like girl, yeah. girls in the middle of the board taking two kilo jumps. You're like, I, I guess that's what we're doing. So there, there it is. I guess we're 20 out still. Jeez. So it was, it was real. Some of those boards, like me and the other coaches, looked at each other. We're like, well, well I guess we're still 20 out. <laughs> So, um, talking a little bit about, about the back room, uh, Mm -hmm. atmosphere, you know, how do you approach a lifter that, you know, you're ready to go, say you're, he's, you're going to have him open at one 30 on the clean and jerk. He misses one twenty five. Where's your head at with that? (laughs) I don't know. That's the worst thing in the world. I, uh, your whole job in the back room is just to, uh, develop confidence in the lifter that's out there. So, yeah. Pretty much everything's great unless it's a disaster. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great way to put it, too. <laughs> so, I mean, and then, like, if it's a disaster, you might get, one, like, you're, they're amped up, and if if they start missing a bunch, like, I don't know. I'm, most of my, I don't luckily, knock on wood, haven't had to deal with it too much. Yeah. Uh, I think, trying to think how many times in this last time, uh, lifters missed their last warm up or something. You just got to try to either be like, hey, again, uh, having the lifter ready earlier than later, like not trying to pull the trigger on that last warm up. I do try to pull it at three out, but like a long three, like yeah. three and a half, four out ish yeah. is when I'm like really trying to pull that trigger on it so that, okay, well, you screwed up. Let's try, take your time, get your breath, like, because you. You definitely don't want them going right back at it without any break. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah, it was like one of Blanco's girls <clears throat> um, missed her last warm up, and then gave her a shot to take it again, and she missed it again, but Yikes. was somehow able to go out and stick it on the platform. I think it was one of those like miss in front, miss behind. All right, now and now, now you're you just telling, like, hey, yeah. now you got third time's charm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, missing in the back room's terrible. Like it. Cheeks, and as a coach, you got to be unflappable with it. Like, oh, that's okay. You just did this. Yep. And I mean, like, telling lifters what they did wrong, it's like, I don't know. Sometimes you drop it because it's heavy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah. forward somewhere, or yeah. you smashed it with your hip. <clears throat> Try yeah. not to do that again. Yeah. Do it again. Less shitty. <clears throat> there you go. Um, so. You've done a lot of, you've hosted a lot of meets locally. Um, how much do you put into, or I guess, how much have you learned from the traveling to national level meets and, and international meets? How much of that um, turns over into how you approach um, a local meet? Uh, <clears throat> I don't know. Other than the <clears throat> it being... Well, <laughs> International meets. <laughs> they, I don't. I don't want to talk too much trash about the Pan Am Federation, but like my meets are better than the senior Pan Ams. <laughs> I mean, I just like the warm. Like my warm up room is going to look nicer. It's going to have more platforms with double red, with yeah. two pairs of reds on it than the Pan Am warm up room had, uh, wow. or like the training halls there. Uh, just having like. Think of USA weightlifting's American Open Series meets as the standard. Like, right, mm-hmm. right. Everybody's what makes those special is you go and everyone's got their own not their own platform, 
but everyone's got a full set of change plates, yep. a two, two, a men's bar and a women's bar, a full set of red, a full set of plates on every platform. Yeah. Nice monitors with a sharp scoring system. The uh, sometimes people call it the dart fish, but the monitor of seeing in the back mm-hmm. or seeing being able to be in the back room and see what's happening on the thing. Mm-hmm. A separate Marshall table, like those are the standards that I want in my local meets. Is like yeah. not the speaker taking taking uh, declarations, but a Marshall taking declarations at a table ah, by himself. Yes. Absolutely, yes. you can't have that person. <clears throat> Taking both roles. Yeah. So, and then, yeah, trying to have, make, making sure you have enough people. That's that's the thing about running meets is like redu- having redundancy in the system and having it planned out so that so and so is doing, having enough people to fill all the roles. Yeah. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. Your, your meets have always, at least from my experience um, in this sport, like your, your meets were some of the first ones I ever competed at. And I always appreciated the way that you, um, you didn't, it wasn't like a senior meet or a master's meet. It wasn't everybody's meet. And there's something about that. And when I heard about you first, it was like, yeah, Joe runs a really good meet because it's not, he's not concerned about a weight class or a a division. Yeah. He just wants everybody to go out there and have a good time. And it's, it's really well ran. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, that's the whole reason we had you on here is, is we both have had really good experiences and we want to poke your brain about um, different aspects of, the meet and one thing that I've noticed is on the technical side, the technical equipment side, the TVs, monitors, how the marshal is, how your, how the system runs on the back end. Um, it's always really impressed me. It's kind of one of those things I don't know a lot about. It's hard to find information about. Uh-huh. Usually, like I can YouTube how to fix my car on <laughs> anything, right? Mm-hmm. You can't YouTube how to run a freaking <laughs> weightlifting meet. There's nobody that tells you how to set up the computers, how to set up the system. I mean, even if you're going to go old school and, and lay out all the cards right. and have somebody actually well, scoring you, on paper. Like yeah, then you really, need a talent. Then you need a marshal who, and speaker who really know the rules to mm-hmm. – because then the speaker's got to look over the marshal's shoulder at that, at that point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how did you get in? How did you find and how did you learn how to run that side of things? Um, back in the day when I used to lift with Vulcan um, – Mike, the old Vulcan coach, had me had me do it. So it's like trial by fire. We used to use the old um, French Canadian scoring system. I just find it clunky and you know, not really easy. It's a lot of drop down menus. It's like a little harder to use. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the meets I've run, I've used the people sometimes call it the less scoring system, less symptom. Um, probably butchering his last name. Uh, which is the system they use at national meets, both Masters and uh, USA weightlifting meets. Um, it runs really nice, but you got to be pretty good at Excel. Mm-hmm. And I'm not. I have a guy. I have a guy on my team who's a uh, computer. Uh, everybody just goes in my head as computers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's the uh, engineer. No, nope. the other kind of. <laughs> The other kind of computer guy. Uh, where you fix things. IT. Uh, IT. He's yeah. an IT guy. Yeah. Uh, so he can run. He He's done a fantastic job of setting up some of the networking stuff, like connecting the cables for me and, yeah. make, and setting up a router and doing that stuff. And then he's, you know, because he's a much better computer guy than me, has set up our 
the spreadsheet for it because it all runs on this like crazy Excel macro. So the the start list all comes from a spreadsheet. Mm-hmm. Dang. But like, I don't know. It's finicky and it runs good if it all if everything's right. But if you mess something up, like I don't know. The one one of the last meets I ran a CrossFit PE. People, I did a lot of write-in. I let a lot of people do write-ins, like not register through the system anymore. I'm like, oh, you can just pay my Venmo, and I'll take your info and put it in. And then if some data entry errors. Uh, <laughs> uh, and that was my wife that did that, which I can say anything about her because she'll never listen to this. <laughs> uh <laughs> uh on on our end as we put it in and then people changed weight classes and that was the real kicker is like the system said this person didn't make weight do they want to lift as an extra lifter and then it kicked them out so oh, they geez. weren't in the scoring system uh, so like the second yeah. or third time the second or third second session that that happened in i had to have less on the phone and like for 50 bucks his his system costs 50 bucks per platform per day doesn't matter how many lifters uh, wow. the dude will also get on the phone with you and like from Alabama where he lives, talk to you, talk you through it. All right, now go back into the Excel sheet and open this one up. No, see the, see that. So yeah. it's pretty yeah. nice. Yeah. But it's also super stressful in the moment because like, and then yeah, I also had issues with the printer not printing the cards that day. So the other system that we use now and it's really nice and simple is the Oliftia system. Mm-hmm. It's web based. I shied away from using it before because if the internet goes down, so goes your scoring system. Um, yeah. But Jason, my tech guy, was like, How often does the internet go down anymore? And she's like, It's never yeah, I mean like point. even yeah. even in a place like it, as long as you're not plugged into the or trying to do it on Wi Fi, like if you're plugged in hardwired, it's it's so rare. Well, I mean, it is all Wi-Fi, so. Oh. But I mean, it's pretty rare that it goes down. So, Still. it's it was. Yeah. I don't know. It it's a lot more straightforward than the less system. It doesn't look quite as nice and it doesn't run quite as sharp, mm-hmm. like from the Marshall's end and from the speakers end especially. But it's a lot faster and a lot easier to use, and you can Wi-Fi set up. Everything doesn't have to be hardwired run, which is tedious part of setting up yeah. uh, mm-hmm. yep. monitors and stuff for for it at all yeah that's one thing when i was looking online at all the different scenarios and like they have different maps set up or whatever floor plans set up with how many monitors and if you want like a, a big screen or whatever to show the attendance mm. and everything for the audience and like there's if you have to have like a home computer with the uh, dedicated router and, and mm-hmm. hardwired network and all this stuff. It's like holy cow! It's a lot, yeah, to get set up. And I just, it's yeah. I, it's, I would imagine once you have it, though, it's a system and like it's just clockwork next time, and then it just keeps on it getting gets better. better and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It definitely gets better and better. And I'm like constantly trying to, like, I bought my whole, I bought my whole um, setup uh, through like pawn shops at first like here let me buy these old like $50 like Windows laptop computers mm-hmm. and that was probably a dumb move because now <laughs> I'm slow but it's I mean 
it is what it is. So now yeah. I'll just slowly upgrade them and have better and better ones until they have a decent little system set up. Yeah. Um, when's your next uh, local meet? Do you have any plan? Or next weekend. Next weekend? Yeah. Oh, crap. Yeah. At, is it at PE again? No, at CrossFit Tualatin. It's been my new partnership with these guys. has been really, really successful. It's a, I got a really great layout here Yeah. with the uh, rig in the middle that I can put a tarp around, put a tarp over and really close off my back room mm-hmm. and then have my competition platform on the other side. Yeah, it's really nice here. I like the facility they got. They got and they got three nice platform, three nice warm up platforms for me already. So then mm-hmm. I just bring in the wood, and my kind of jankety competition platform, which is just <laughs> like a long runner of couple sheets of plywood and rubber mats on the side. Yeah, yeah. Next upgrade is a full competition platform, which I suppose will cost a thousand dollars today. <laughs> yeah, it's not, pretty. It's not more of those. It's insane. The, I'll, I'll the look at buy, ones or whatever. Right? No, I mean just like because plywood's so expensive. Oh, I looked at buying a new, just a new warm-up platform, four sheets of plywood. I'm like, I'm not spending two hundred dollars for a warm-up platform. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna break in a minute. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna spend six hundred for a nice framed one. Yeah. Well, that's a good segue into equipment. Like, how how do you do? You have just a community of people that you try to just grab from, or no? I I own it all now. You own it all now. Nice. It took me a, it took me a minute, but I can. Well, this one I'm putting an extra warm up platform in, so someone on the team's gonna bring something. But I have five warm up platforms and one competition set, uh, nice. and enough barbells. Well, if you wow. need anything this weekend, I got a full set of neons, two pairs of reds, two pairs of blues, two yellows, two greens, and change, and a bar, and a hero spar. If nice. you need it, it's not, no. How many people you got signed up for this one? Thirty-eight-ish. Nice. That's a good. That's going to be a good meet. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Yeah. Two uh, two men sessions, twelve each, and a fifteen-person women session. Um, this time, the last time I did it, set it it up on bars, USAW's Mm. website. They'll take all your, they'll take all the money and take a little cut for it. The last time I did it, I had it set up so that the money just trickled out of my bars account into my bank account. Nice. Every couple of weeks when someone signed up, here's the money. So then meet day comes and like, feel like. And really get paid because that money's just been <laughs> yeah. collecting in my account. Yeah. And then I have to cut these guys a check for 30% of what I made. So, like, that just seems to come out of my bank account that yeah. time. This time, kept all the money in Stripe. So, next weekend, I can just cash out a nice check for 1200 bucks or whatever it is. Yeah. Solid. So, that will feel like I got paid. Nice. Yeah. yeah. So, that money goes towards my very extensive yearly meat travel mm-hmm. i mean i think i have no i'm gonna if everything goes the way it's supposed to i'll hit every single national meet this year include from ao1 masters nationals pan american masters in puerto rico national all of nationals week where i'll test for category two iwf ref during juniors nice. wow Two dudes and seniors. Uh, um, I think Kit's going to want to try to grand slam again and go to Howard Cohen in 
August, AO2 in Calgary in September, maybe a trip for myself in October, and then AO Finals and Masters Worlds in oh, December. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So essentially, you're, you're setting up these local meets to not only qualify, but to pay for your your travel to the big ones. Yeah, well, my travel. Yeah, yeah that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah no, that, and that makes sense. It's, that's it's, a, that's it's a hell of a circuit. Yeah. And some, um, throw in some USAW teaching some level ones in uh, June and July as well. Are you going to, where are you teaching those at? I'm doing one here in Portland at CrossFit PE on June 18th, 19th. And you then, just had a level two out here, didn't you? Yeah, with, uh, and Waxman. John Waxman came yeah. out. Yeah. And yeah. then uh, yeah. Yeah, June 18th, 19th, and then in Seattle at CrossFit. Or, no, they are not a CrossFit anymore. Uh, Rocket Community Fitness in Seattle on the 16th and 17th wow. of July. Um, what all goes into those as far as uh, planning, scheduling? Is that all just through USAW? You sign up and say, hey, I want to put some of these on, or like you just or say you're available for them and they schedule them, or are you organizing the, the class as well? Um, well, you get hired by USAW. They, I, they were looking for someone in the Northwest. I applied, hired by JP. Nicoletta interviews you, and then you get hired. They only have, you know, they're not hiring anybody else. And yeah. now, as long as, and then he will either call you and say, hey, can you do this one, or text you or email you, say, okay. can you do this one? Gotcha. The one in Portland, he said, go ahead, set it up. So I'm the organizer of that. Uh, and uh, the host... Jim gets a cut of the, okay. a cut of the thing, the entry fee. All right. Um, two days, first day is intro and a little bit of background on weightlifting, equipment stuff, safety is a big part of it, mm-hmm. um, screening the lifts, like how to, how to screen, like who can we move on? Can you put a barbell over your head? Can you put a barbell on your front rack? What's your, you know, what's your back look like in your setup? Can you, can you do a a full depth squat? Like these things, none of them are necessarily deal breakers for not teaching some of the sport, but they're just a way for coaches to learn how to, you know, screen and assess like who's ready to take the next step in the sport. And then teaching progressions for the snatch and clean generally is the first day. And then sometimes they get, we'll get the jerk done. Second day is a little lecture on programming and the jerk progressions and accessory movements, squatting and pulling, uh, some error correction stuff, and then the bulk of the second day is the uh, attendees and the new, newly minted or new, soon to be newly minted coaches teaching the same stuff that they were taught the day before. It's called oh. the you teach method. So it's like nice. you go, you learn it, and then you teach each other, yeah. and then critique each other on cool. it there you go that's cool i haven't done one yet i need to, I need you should, to sign up you should go it. you should come to that one in portland Absolutely. yeah that's a good one have yeah. you done it yet i haven't done it yet i um i don't know you can say unfortunately or fortunately <laughs> did the crossfit level one and <laughs> went through that whole process um and ours, our, ours is cheaper yeah trust <laughs> me i know I, I wasn't stoked about the thousand dollars but um, yeah, no, I, it's, it's kind of similar setup. Um, do you guys do a, like a lift session or anything or is it now? Okay. No, 
the teaching on the second day. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we, I mean, people move the bar some. Yeah. Um, one of my friends who is a senior national level lifter is going to be at the Seattle one. Uh, so it might be interesting to see, well, it'll be interesting to see how, uh, how people, the new coaches have to coach this guy who is clearly already a very talented lifter. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. Um, and with and in that case, maybe Monty can put on some um, some weight and move some things. I, I think I shadowed Matt Foreman a couple of weeks ago, but yeah, no one really did any weight to speak of. At right, the, right. At the level one, yeah, you got a seminar. a pretty good ratio of people, you know, passing and and moving on or oh, becoming I'm, a coach. I'm sure. I'm sure it's a ninety plus percent okay. pass rate, if not yeah. if not more. Yeah. I, when I took it many years ago, 10, almost 12 years ago, like it was taught to like, this is the progression that we're going to want you to spit out. I think it's, I didn't see Matt teach it that way. I'm going to go in a few weeks and watch Leo Totten teach it in at least day one in Eugene. Yeah. Um, just to have another idea of like how other good coaches teach the level one. Right, right. One of the nice benefits of getting on the staff is I can pretty much go to see anybody teach it now. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Um, um, so you ran for the WSO last year, right? Yep. Yeah, last year? Um, we kinda, this year, I guess it was. Yeah. Uh, we talked briefly about that and what you have coming up with the big meet that you're hoping to plan and get rolling. Um, Let's touch on that and, and see what your vision is for that meet. Excellent. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, I knew I'd wanted to be involved in the in the governance board and the from the LWC. So I ran for vice president. The um, the old vice president, Jordan Franco, resigned in the middle of his term for whatever reason it was. I'm sure it was a good one. <laughs> uh, and me and uh, me and Lauren Hatmaker and uh, I think Tom ran again. I, Tom Hertz was our old president. He ran. But it came down to me and Lauren. Lauren edged me out by a couple votes. She was the acting vice president. We, the USA weightlifting shifted to this thing called the WSO in basically the beginning of this year. So I think, I guess we did our short campaigning and uh, voting at the end of the year, and we were com constituted at beginning of January, if I'm not mistaken. But that doesn't, as I'm thinking about it, doesn't seem quite right. Nevertheless, uh, I, I knew I wanted to be on the board. I knew I wanted to have a say in decision-making and a voice in uh, decision-making on how the sport was moving, like, uh, I mean, how to how to get more people involved in the sport, how to make our events better. So that was my main uh, that was my main platform is wanting to see a uh, high end WSO championship, which stands for Weightlifting State Organization. We were combined into with the Washington and Alaska, as all of all three of our states. Washington and Oregon, or yeah, Washington and Oregon being bigger and having a bigger population because there's more people here, mm -hmm. uh, have similar sized uh, 
LW had similar sized LWCs, and to whatever extent Alaska is combined with us. Oh, uh, it's just gonna be. It's like I have some friends up there now that I've been talking to. It's just gonna be hard to convince people from Alaska that they have they should come down to our right. WSO championship. Unless they're badass. Right. Yeah. So, yes. I think. I think. My vision for it is as something similar to what the Danny Camargo's done with the Pirellium in Florida, or what Bobby Circus has done with the Texas State Championship. Mm-hmm. Like I want to see it in a in a nice venue and a something other than somebody's CrossFit gym or you know general gym training hall. I want to see it in a place that feels different, that feels special. I want to see it's a championship. Uh, uh, all nicely set up warm-up platforms with full competition sets. Right. Uh, right. I talked to the Alico rep in Salt Lake City, and he seemed eager to help us out. Part of what they do is take their equipment to big meets like this and then try to sell it off as used equipment. Yeah. So um, that guy seemed interested in that. I have uh, someone looking at awards for us and Awards for every weight class and age group from 13 and under men to and every weight class all the way up awesome. through masters. Yeah. Um, uh, prize money would be another thing. Uh, Bobby Circus, who, like I said, runs the uh, Texas State Championship, has been giving me advice on like how to how to make it look good. Yeah, and how to <laughs> yeah how to how to budget things, but. Yeah. Obviously, the biggest stumbling point in a, like, I want to run it in a fancy hotel ballroom is they want $10,000 a day or something. Yeah. <laughs> so that's a, lot yeah. of, that's a lot of tickets. Uh, our general plan as it sits right now is to have an all-comers meet. Like, so they're in Oregon in the past in our LWC, we had a fairly high qualifying standard of, like, 80 and 85% of senior nationals for seniors and a hundred percent of masters nationals for masters. And, mm-hmm. um, I think for this one, we can have an all comers meet. It's a championship because whoever wants to come can, is the, can be the champion. We had an idea to set aside a special session for the, our top 12 lit men and top 12 women on the, like a marquee time so yeah. that they can, um, all be seen, um, Showing off the best in our region, mm-hmm. WSO. That doesn't cool. really roll off the tongue, though, does it? No. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's my that's my hope and plan. But like I said, the the cost of running it and the like when we don't what Bobby's done in Texas is set up a separate. Um, five oh three that runs the Texas State meets like non for prop not for profit thing. So that guy gets that organization signs a contract. We don't have anything like that. So at some point some human is gonna sign a contract with, you know, Hilton for twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> I see why people are like, hey, maybe we can start a little smaller this year. So we'll see. And I, but I do believe I, I know for a fact that it's totally financially viable to to have this vision come to fruition. Yeah, I like to take things on a long lens. So yeah, maybe this year we don't get what I'm hoping for in it, but 
I'm on the board for four years and hell yeah, darn it down the road, down the road. We're going to see we're, this is going to come and it's going to be everything I want. Like if you look at what we got in Columbus, so 1800 people and 1900 people there. Yeah. The demand for a uh, big weightlifting meets there. So regionally, I'm sure we can get uh, enough people there to cover the cost of this and the way the, guys who've done it a lot do it is you get the cost of your room down like i talked to uh, guys from calavera barbell who put on the howard cohen in reno and he's like yeah we got we booked so many room nights and we sold them all so mm-hmm. the venue was comped for us nice problem with that is again it's a contract and you say i'm gonna sell 750 room nights in this hotel casino in reno and you sell 500, guess who's paying for 250 <laughs> hotel room nights? Yeah. The, no person, longer the, is that the person who signed that contract. So yeah. it's terrible. I mean, it's yeah. like, it's why I don't have a brick and mortar space of my own because I've got to sign a lease that says I'm going to give you $3,000 a month for the next five years. Yeah, yeah. regardless oh, yeah. what happens, that's, right? That's yeah. hard. So contracts are scary. Yeah, they are. They are. Um, well, shit, man. This has been great. Yeah. Fun conversation. Um, do you have any spots open on your team? Are you looking for more <laughs> athletes, or is it? Yeah, I feel a... like we, Heroic could probably take. I do everybody's individual programming. So, what by that, I mean, like, I look at your, I look at your videos from week to week. Most of the, t- for those that don't know, Heroic's mostly like an online team with a, like a hybrid team with, with like an, Individual, like a in-person component where um, we meet here at CrossFit Dwellton on Saturdays, and I, it's a lot of the, I'd say ninety percent of the lifters are in Portland, so they can come by the house for one-on-ones or yeah. tune-ups whenever uh, they want. But week to week, I program for them based on how the week looked ahead of time. So and then I pick their, I pick each of their weights. Don't use any percentages. I pick. Uh, you're going to do three singles at 70 and four at 75 and blah, 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 like each person. And it's varied by their life circumstances, their age, their, just their mm-hmm. lifting um, caliber, so to speak. Like, so someone who's got a super stressful job and two kids going to do less volume and yeah. less intensity. But I try to program so that you make a hundred percent of your lifts each week. Yeah. Um, Doing and then I, I video review. I don't know. I, I tell them first and last of all your working sets, uh, first set and last set of all your working sets. Maybe only one put, set of pulls or something yeah. like that. So I feel like the, the way I have my uh, productivity at this point, I could probably take on. We have twenty-ish people on the team. Probably bump it up to thirty before I'm like, this is where we're capped. Yeah. This is yeah. this is all I can do to provide the level of service, which, like I said, is like indi- picking individual weights. Sunday basically is a hundred percent of the day spent on programming. Now, maybe an hour or two spent on catching up on video review. Any more than that, and then I'm gone into Monday, and I just won't be able to give the same level of yeah. of service there. So heroics probably got spot for tenish more people. Yeah. Um, and then there's people that 
come on and off. One of my best lifters is a female uh, forest fighter, forest fire fighter. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Who takes comes comes in in November and lifts till March or April. So she's got a spot forever. Yeah. Another one of my lifters took some time, personal time off. Like I told her, like as long as I got a team, you got a coach. Yeah. So there's certain people like in that 30 that I my guess grandfather have to, did pretty yeah, much. Yeah. yeah. Nice. That's cool. That's really cool. Best um, invested as they say these days. Yeah. And you're you're a hundred percent coaching. Yeah. And you don't have a another I mean, career yes. or anything no, or no. I mean, I know yeah. you used to cook. <laughs> well, I mean. I cooked at a bar. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you the, the pictures you're posting online, and I, I've given yep. you some stuff. And that's my know. that's my hobby. Stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Um, my, uh, yeah, I mean, I would say, I don't know the online heroics really grown. I also do uh, a good bit. I'd say I probably have ten ish people that get programmed like just strength stuff, like squat, bench, dead, yeah. kind of fitness stuff. Those guys. Um, that I can take a, another dozen. I'd like to double or even triple those people because they yeah. take a little bit less or a good bit less effort yeah. than the weightlifters do. Because mm-hmm. the weightlifters have to know why they drop things. <laughs> <laughs> why did I pick that up and fall? It fell down. Because <laughs> you missed called it. gravity. Like, <laughs> you have to, but you can't just tell them that. It's got yeah, to yeah, totally. have some concrete feedback. Yeah. And it takes, no, it takes a lot of time. But yeah. the squat, bench, deadlift, fitness folks get the same kind of attention in their programming to make sure that they're successful each week. But it just – I don't have to figure out why they didn't do it. Yeah. 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 Um, so – and then I do a lot of personal training. I have a, I don't know, about six or seven people that come between one and three. Some, one guy comes like five times a week. He's got a good – he's got a good rate. He's been with me forever. Mm-hmm. Um I do that at home and my out of my garage gym, so nice. that makes that makes a little extra money and makes my job a hundred percent personal nah. training and yeah. weightlifting coaching. Fully funded. <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Are you uh you doing any lifting yourself or have you pretty much uh, knocked that out of the picture? I mean yeah, no. I I keep thinking I'm gonna make a comeback this year. I looked at the start list for Pan Ams and I'm like there's like two dudes on it that are have I know them like I've competed against them before mm-hmm. so they have better tools than me they they're taking it they're already signed up so they must be taking it at least somewhat <laughs> more serious than me yeah, yeah yeah I don't really feel like going and taking third out of three yeah so I don't know I bought a two hundred dollar Adidas singlet so. <laughs> Look at that. I love it. So I feel like it should do something other than sit in my closet or get worn for singlet Saturdays by totally. myself in my own. Yeah, room. totally. <laughs> I mean, I, I decided a couple of years ago to not lift with the team on Saturdays or team training because, and when I did, it changed everything. It changed everyone from like being like, oh, Joe's our friend to like, no, Joe's the fucking coach. Yeah. yeah. And like, I wasn't getting what I needed at training because I was like, oh, why is Lena dropping that back there? Like, why is, you know, so-and-so like, doing this and they weren't getting what they needed for me because I was tired or like just again, their friend and not their coach. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm friendly with everyone and I think we all have, I have good camaraderie with my guys, but my ability to be like, this is what we're opening at and this is what we're doing. And this is when you stop went way through the roof when I stopped training with them. Yeah. So now, I mean, and like through the pandemic, I worked really hard. I had 
less people coming over for one-on-ones and I had less people on the team. So I got to train pretty hard, but now the team comes first, the uh, business comes first, training second. I'm still okay at it. Like, I think I can go like 80, 105 without training, which is not great, but I am 50. Um, yeah. I don't know if this sounds good or not, but my goal is to be as good as my novice men that are coming on the team yeah. without training or with the little bit that I can muster. Yeah. As good as my women, and then if I get a, if I get a woman that can snatch like, you know, 90 plus and jerk 110, then... That'll make me super happy. That's <laughs> awesome. Be a national That's level awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then uh, squat with my senior men. So, like, at AO3 or at AO in uh, Columbus, I did 182 for a set of five in the back Damn. squat. So, like, if I can just continue to do – continue to just be strong and, like, be able to tell them, like, hey, my 50-year-old ass can squat that so you need to work harder. Yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my goal. That's cool, man. You were always a good lifter to watch. You had uh, yeah. a certain amount of electricity, which was cool. <laughs> well, sweet. Thanks for well, thanks for having me on. This was um, this was super fun. It was no, really it was good, yeah, great, good conversation. Great to connect finally, and yeah. um, great training today. It was super fun. Your team was. Did, didn't Matt have hard. two lifetime PRs again? Yeah. It seems like every <laughs> yep. time I come over here and train with you, I get a, a big, big day. So. Dude, that 140. That was... <laughs> I just wish it was a week ago. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a week ago. I'd have some medals around my neck. But, hey, um, you know, it's, it's about the community, and I appreciate you always having me out. And, you know, you're, you're a good man and a good coach. And Thank you, man. I enjoy, I enjoy being a friend of yours. Well, so. the feeling is mutual. Thanks. I appreciate right, it. Well, thanks for coming on, Joe. Um, check him out, Heroic Barbell. If you want a coach that's local to Portland or if you're online and, and need somebody think, with great expert, expertise, um, check him out. Sign think, up. He's got 10 more spots. I think it's on, uh, I think Insta is Heroic Barbell Club. Yeah. Instagram. Okay. Yeah. And uh, check out, like, I think we got the website coming in the next few weeks. I got a guy working on it now. There you go. Uh, so that should, be, that should be good. Hopefully that will get a little bit more people searching for us and finding us and maybe now we'll help more people cool man yeah, no that's great get, get it out there and, and connect so all right thanks eric thank you yeah. i'm eric Dahl. here's matt ware yeah yeah thanks for listening bye